0: To us. Fires, touchdown, Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, the 2022 schedule is released. We're going to get into each matchup, go down the schedule game by game, talk about those matchups, the biggest questions and storylines around those teams, and how the Dolphins do ultimately match up with said team, and a whole heck of a lot more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins... So, the schedule is out. Why don't we go ahead and just kick it off off the top here by giving you the entire 2022 Miami Dolphins schedule, and we start once again with the New England Patriots, this time at home. That's a September 11th game, 1 o'clock kick in the nice, hot, heat, humidity down here in South Florida. Week 2, September 18th at the Baltimore Ravens, also a 1 o'clock kick. Week 3, back here in muggy, miserable South Florida in September on the 25th to face another division rival, two AFC East games at home in September, the Buffalo Bills at 1 o'clock. And then week four, short week on the road at the defending AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night football on September 29th. That's an 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Week number five coming off the mini bye there will go back to the division and back on the road to the New York Jets on October the 9th at one o'clock against gang green. Week 6, back home for back-to-back games starting on October the 16th against the Minnesota Vikings for another 1 o'clock kickoff. And then on uh, October 23rd, home for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is the Dolphins' first Sunday night football game since 2017 to face the Pittsburgh Steelers' 8:20 kickoff. Week number eight, back on the road for two straight games, two straight games against the NFC North. October 30th at the Detroit Lions, a 1 o'clock kickoff. Week number nine, November the 6th, at the Chicago Bears for a 1 o'clock kickoff. And then week number 10, back home, November 13th, Against the Cleveland Browns, another 1 o'clock kickoff. Week 11 is the bye week, a nice late bye towards the second half of the schedule there. I believe the last bye on the schedule is week 14, so Miami is just three weeks short of the final bye on the schedule. Week number 12, we're at home, so three straight weeks at home with the bye as the middle part of that schedule. November 27th, home for the Houston Texans, another 1 o'clock kickoff. Then it's back-to-back games on the West Coast. Our California swing, December the 4th at the San Francisco 49ers, a 4 o'clock kickoff. Then December 11th, potentially stay on the West Coast for back-to-back games against the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium at 4 o'clock. Week number 15 has flex potential. The game could either be on December 17th, a Saturday, or December 18th, the traditional Sunday kickoff. That game is in Buffalo. So three straight road games here in December to kick it off. The Niners, Chargers, and then at the Buffalo Bills. That time is TBD because that game could be flexed to Saturday. Then week 16, Christmas Day. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers will be in South Florida at Hard Rock Stadium for a 1 o'clock kickoff. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. And then week number 17 is on New Year's Day. January 1st at the New England Patriots, a one o'clock kickoff there. And then week 18, always finish with a game in the division. And there's only one division game left, the New York Jets. And that game also has flex potential. Could either be January 7th or January 8th, Saturday or Sunday, a TBD kickoff, that game could move to Saturday as well. So there you go. Patriots at the Ravens, home for the Bills, at the Bengals, at the Jets, home for the Vikings, home for the Steelers, at the Lions, at the Bears, home for the Browns, by week, week 11, and then finishing up home for Houston, at the Niners, at the Chargers, at the Bills, home for the Packers, at the Patriots, at the New York Jets. And before we take our first break and then dive into... The first half of the schedule and then segment number three will be the second half of the schedule. Just want to go ahead and give a a couple of quick notes here on the schedule and some interesting quirks and the way this thing lays out. So by now, you guys know, I I believe if you are listening to this podcast, you probably know this, that the NFL schedule has a cyclical rotation that predetermines 14 of your 17 games every single year, years in advance. You know, you play a certain division in the AFC conference, you play a certain division in the NFC conference, you play your own division six times, and then you have the two games in conference against teams that finished in the same position of their division as you, and now under the 17-game format, the third game against the NFC, also determined by where you finished in your division. For the Dolphins, the home tilt versus the Texans, and then are both because the teams finished in third place, as well as the California trips, the Niners and Chargers finishing in third place in their divisions brings those games. Uh, could have been, could have had some variance based upon the way the final game of the season went last year. Uh, the Chargers and Raiders could have been that game swapped. Niners and Rams as well with that game. Miami also is going to face three new head coaches this season with Matt Eberflus in the Chicago Bears, Kevin O'Connell in the Minnesota Vikings, and Lovie Smith. And the Houston Texans, and you might see three teams with new quarterbacks, a pretty low number uh, in in a year where the quarterback carousel has been crazy. The Steelers, you'll definitely get a new quarterback there, whether it's Kenny Pickett or whether it is Mitch Trubisky. The Cleveland Browns, definitely going to get another quarterback there, whether it's Deshaun Watson or Jacoby Brissett. And then with the 49ers, we'll see if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, but those are the three teams that have potential for a new quarterback sans any injuries or changes like that. After opening on the road for two straight years, the Dolphins kick off their season at home in Week 1 this year, but the opponent will not change from the last two campaigns. The rubber match here of opening day games against the New England Patriots, three straight, last two in New England, this one down here in Miami. And the Dolphins, speaking of road games that's a home game, but speaking of road games, we will travel 25,178 miles this season. That's the fourth most in the National Football League. That includes the back-to-back trips out west to the Chargers and 49ers. The biggest stretch on the road this year comes in that stretch with Chargers, Niners, and Buffalo after that California swing. And the longest home stretch comes in weeks 10 through 12 with contests against the Browns and Texans sandwiched outside of the week 11 bye. And after a, Week 4 primetime game against the defending conference champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Dolphins return to Sunday night football for the first time since 2017 with a Week 7 home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And speaking of that Thursday night primetime game, at home last year on Thursday night, on the road in Jacksonville in 2020 for a Thursday night game, 2019 Shoot, now I'm forgetting. There wasn't a Thursday night game in 2019. It was the Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 2018 had a road game against the Houston Texans. 2017 had a road... Or rather... 2018 was the Houston Texans 2017 was the Baltimore Ravens. And my point here is going back to 2016 against the Bengals 2015 was on the road against the Buffalo bills. If I'm not not mistaken. So the dolphins for a long time had a lot of Thursday night games on the road, had the one home game against the Ravens last year and now back on the road for TNF. Those are tough games, especially against the defending AFC champions and the Dolphins schedule features eight playoff teams from 2021 but a combined record for the 17 opponents of 138, 149, and 2. And the 481 win percentage of the Dolphins opponents from last year ranks 21st in the NFL on strength of schedule. So those are some of the interesting notes. Let's go ahead and take our first break here quickly into this edition of the Drive Time Podcast and come back on the other side and get to the first half of the schedule breaking down Everything about the Dolphins 2022 opponents next here. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Really the last tent tentpole event of the NFL offseason, aside from the practices, which we know is some of the best content and some of the best stuff to really observe and talk about on the platforms and the social and all that fun stuff. Look at me talking like an old man, the platforms and social SnapFace, that type of thing. But the schedule is the the last big one, right? And it's out. We've got it. We've got matchups to talk about, football games to talk about, which you guys know I love doing here on the Drive Time Podcast. And we already gave you the full schedule, which also is up on MiamiDolphins.com. It's also probably up wherever you've been. I'm sure you've seen it by now 1,025 times. But let's go ahead and break this thing down and give you some notes here. Now, I'm not going to give you <clears throat> the, like, potential trap game scenarios and I hate using that phrase but one of the things we like to do in the schedule release was podcast in the past couple of years was talk about you know how this team could be coming off of this game and just the impact of that but we don't have that because the schedule or the recording this podcast is before the entire schedule comes out so I just have the Dolphins schedule here but looking at week number one against the Patriots that one o'clock opener they were 10-7 last year and lost in the AFC wild Card round. They had the 6th-ranked offense and 2nd-ranked defense in terms of scoring. They added Malcolm Butler and Devontae Parker as a couple of key veteran acquisitions, and their first-round pick was center Cole Strange. I talked about this being the rubber match, right? The third game of the opening day schedule from the last three years. Can the Dolphins find a way to get the rubber match and get off to a 1-0 start for the second straight year? Can they make it four straight over the Patriots? Can Tua get his personal record to 4-0 career against the Patriots. What a mark that would be if he could do it. Also, a couple of teams who were separated for that last playoff spot in the AFC last year by just a game. So these games are going to be massively important. If the Dolphins can find two wins against the Patriots, you know, that go a long way towards potentially finishing in the top half of the AFC East and potentially pushing for a playoff berth. And we get a chance to see the Patriots early and late, just like we did a year ago. And I thought we saw... Two really different teams, different Dolphins teams, I should say, against those Patriots teams. Week number one, remember the Patriots were going up and down the field on third down conversions, and we just could not get off the dang field, but they would find a way to clamp down in the red zone and make them kick field goals. Very successful game plan that worked that way. But the week 18 game... Man, they put pressure on him. They picked him off. They returned it for a touchdown. They put him on his back and had a bunch of sacks in that game and just kind of dominated that game really from the start and were able to put it away late with some clutch uh, scrambles and runs from Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Of course, the early touchdown to Jalen Waddell got them off to a good start. But how do you defend this quarterback after having you know a full season worth of tape on him after having two of your own games of tape uh, against him, and, and really two different stages of his career, as a opening game rookie to the final game of the regular season, I'll be interested to see how the Dolphins play that. It's going to be new for really the Dolphins offensively and possibly defensively too, with the new OC and then Josh Boyer calling the game down here, or I should say, uh, you know, doing his own thing with this Miami Dolphins defense. But just looking at some of the the roster pieces for the Patriots here, we know about Mac Jones and the strong running backs of. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, two power backs that can really kind of put it to you. And you got to find a way to stop those guys weapons on the outside. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, probably the top three guys there with Hunter Henry and, er, uh, uh, John who Smith almost had Irv Smith, the tight ends, the offensive line, despite losing Shaq Mason and then, um, Joe Tooney last year still has a bunch of guys that can get the job done with David Andrews, Michael Wenyu, Cole Strange is a hell of a player, Isaiah Wynn, Trenton Brown. They're loaded up there. They're loaded in the front on defense with Christian Barmore, Lawrence Guy, Devon Godshaw, Ronnie Perkins, you know, uh, Josh y- or Josh Uche and Matt Judon. Geez, get your names right, Travis. And then that secondary, that's where I'm most, most interested to see this defense come along is without J.C. Jackson. Can they find a way to replace J.C. Jackson after losing him in free agency to the Chargers? They drafted Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Can those rookies quick quickly get up to speed to face a Dolphins receiving core that has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson Jr., Mike Gesicki, and many, many more weapons there to feature. So interesting game there. Patriots again for the third straight year in the opening game. Now week number two on the road against the Baltimore Ravens, who were 8-9 and nine last year, 17th on offense, 19th on defense. They added Marcus Williams, one of the great additions this offseason, in my opinion. Michael Pierce, Morgan Moses, Mike Davis were some more veteran acquisitions there. And then Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, were their first-round picks. I thought the Ravens had a phenomenal draft this year. The best draft really... I think of any team, and you know, the Dolphins only had four picks. So we can't even put them in that conversation. But the Ravens just hit on pick after pick after pick. I think Hamilton and Marcus Williams is an absolutely absurd combination there. It's gonna help that defensive backfield that they have that is so deep with Jimmy Smith and Marcus or uh Marcus Peters and who's the third on the Marshawn Lattimore. They can roll out three safety packages now with Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, as well as <clears throat> excuse me, Marcus Williams, they, they're they going to be able to do multiple things and get pressure up front and, and just really find a way to confuse you on defense. And so getting all those injured players back, I mean, this is a team that stayed in contention last year, despite all those crazy injuries, had the most players on IR. I mean, they were the one seed at the midway point when they played the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night football, despite at that point having the most players on IR, and they did at the end of the season too. And then they lose Lamar Jackson, and that's when things kind of went, you know, downhill. But They went from eight and three to eight and nine, I believe it was. But I mean, it's not like they weren't scoring and competing with teams like Green Bay. They had a a great fourth quarter run where they almost came back. And beat the Green Bay Packers. So they have depth with Tyler Huntley at the position, and uh, you know, that could make for some interesting quarterback discussions for them this offseason without Lamar Jackson having that contract signed yet, but that's for another day. And they also find they get a full season of Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. I think that's gonna be one of the most powerful one two punches in the running game. So the Dolphins are gonna have to find a way to come up with another game plan to stop Lamar Jackson, but you know, have more running backs because they were down so many guys that got injured early on last season in training camp, you know, losing three guys in training camp Dobbins being one of them be interesting to see how they defend that do you get more speed the linebacker position to deal with with Lamar Jackson is this a big game for Channing Tindall's kind of indoctrination to the NFL we saw what Jerome Baker did playing inside outside in that game last year lots of fun matchups on that side of the ball and then again the defensive dominance I think they're going to have this year uh, is, is is noticeable I think that trading Hollywood Brown Marquise Brown And then the running back depth, the combination of those two things kind of shows you what kind of team they want to be. So the Dolphins are going to have to buckle their chin straps and play the run in that game for sure, but also have to acknowledge Lamar Jackson's big arm to go down the field as well. And can the Baltimore Ravens come up with a game plan to combat what the Dolphins did to them last year defensively? Because that was kind of when the, the Ravens offense kind of took a step back the rest of the season and just couldn't quite get back to that same level of of competition they were before they have a new defensive coordinator there as well uh, destroyed the draft and free agency how quickly does it all come together interesting game here in week number two week number three a game I'm sure you guys all have circled on the calendar against the Buffalo Bills at one o'clock kickoff uh, eleven and six last year won the AFC East lost in the divisional round they were the third ranked scoring offense and the first ranked scoring defense they made a bunch of moves this year Von Miller Roger Saffold Kyer Elam their first round draft pick and then James Cook they also added OJ Howard in free agency. Just Just a really, really strong roster up and down. The skill positions, the running backs, the tight ends, the receivers. We know Stephon Diggs. And then now Gabe Davis kind of takes on a more prominent role in the absence of Cole Beasley as well as Emmanuel Sanders and you know I think Isaiah McKenzie also will play a big role on that team a guy that I was interested in as a free agent before he re-signed to the Buffalo Bills with his skill set and his speed and the jet sweeps and the ability to get vertical thought he kind of made Beasley replaceable last year with the way he performed when Beasley was down and they also brought in Jamison Crowder so they are very deep at receiver we know Miami's very deep at cornerback finding a way to get Josh Allen uncomfortable to get pressure on him can they do what they did last year in the first half of those Buffalo games and get Josh Alan, uncomfortable, turn him over, force him into third and longs, and force him inaccurate passes when he gets off the spot, and then don't let him scramble once he gets off the spot. Interesting matchup there. Can Miami find a way to keep this Buffalo defense from really, really getting after it? They have all the pass rush up front with Epinesa, Rousseau, uh, Ed Oliver. They added Vaughn Miller. to so go along with Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. We talk about Kyer Elam on the back end. He's going to have a big role in that defensive backfield this year as Levi Wallace departed for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was, uh, we'll get to that here in just one second. I forgot my notes right here, but I forgot if he's in the Steelers or somewhere else. Um, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer is as good as it gets. So, Elam could be the guy that really has the, you know, has to get acclimated quickly. And based upon what we saw in the draft video and him talking about being the best note taker in the country, could be a guy that fits in right away with them. But for the Bills, can they get over that hump, man? A couple of really tough playoff losses for them against the Chiefs the last couple of years. Do these pieces push them over the top? Big early season matchup here for Miami against the Buffalo Bills at home. Two divisional opponents in September in Miami here at the AFC East. Week four on the road for the Bengals, 8-15 kickoff on TNF. They were ten and seven last year and made a miraculous run to the Super Bowl, losing that game to the Rams. They were eighth in scoring offense, seventeenth in scoring defense. Offensive line remake is the big additions there for that squad. They went out and got Alex Kappa, a great addition there. Lyle Collins, another great addition, and then our former player here and Ted Karras to play some center for them. You know, that's a really good looking club they got in, in Cincinnati once again to rebuild that offensive line, but how quickly does it gel? Can that take some time? Can Miami Getting them early be a good thing. I, we'll see about that. Being on the road on Thursday night certainly is, is no favor to the Miami Dolphins, but you can got to find a way to go out and get dubs when you can. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can they recreate the mag- magic they had last season? Is it more Tyler Boyd? Is it more T Higgins? You know, Burrow's going to be a full you know two years off the injury could be a nice little sign for him to be completely back and really pick up where he left off last year in the postseason. But with all those new names up front, can they get the Dolphins' games and, and really relentless pass rush and multiple guys they have to throw pieces at you? Can they get that blocked up? That'll be interesting to see. Just curious to see how this Bengals team comes together after a tough Super Bowl loss. Typically, those teams haven't always fared as well, but the Bengals are young. They have a really good quarterback. They have good weapons. They have a really, really good underrated defense. and It'll be interesting to see this matchup here with a couple of tough games off the top here for the Miami Dolphins. Week number five at the New York Jets who were 4-13 and a year ago. 20- 28th-ranked scoring offense, 32nd-ranked scoring defense. Can Miami keep it rolling? Eight and two since 2016. Four straight wins now. I think it's five of the last six as well. Can they find a way to just keep Zach Wilson in the second half performance of that game he played last year compared to the first half performance because now he has a bunch more weapons. We saw Elijah Moore really have a good game in that game against the Dolphins last season. Corey Davis was out in that game as well, getting both those guys on the field, getting Garrett Wilson on the field, CJ Uzama, a big addition there. They made a bunch of changes on the offense. Uzama, at tight end, Laken Thomas on the guard. They added to that D line that just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Sheldon Rankins to go along with Quinton and Williams and John Franklin Myers. They'll get Carl, Carl Lawson back off the edge he'll pair nicely with Jermaine Johnson the rookie out of Florida State first round draft pick they also took Sauce Gardner in the first round we mentioned Garrett Wilson traded up for Brees Hall they signed DJ Reed to kind of go along there with Sauce Gardner at the cornerback position that was a, a position where they really got thin quick last year and they rebuilt it in a big way this year so can they compete at a different level and really help keep this keep opposing offenses at bay and then on the other side of the football can they Can they minimize the Dolphins' damage with the rush games they got after them last year? The Dolphins had so much success getting after the quarterback, creating takeaways, and making the big plays. Interesting matchup there with the Jets on the road in week number five. Week number six, back home for the Vikings, eight and nine a year ago, 14th-ranked offense, 24th-ranked defense, and for them... They went out and added Chris Reed on the offensive line, and then Zadarius Smith and Jordan Hicks in the defense drafted Andrew Booth Jr. and Lewis Seen to the defensive backfield. And that's an area that I'm curious about with this, uh, you know, this first team on the schedule with a new head coach against the Miami Dolphins. They went from Mike Zimmer to now Kevin O'Connell. But on defense, you know, they drafted DBs and signed DBs year after year after year, and that was an area where they, they, uh, those guys didn't always work out and they had to find a way to, to get production back there. And the Vikings defense, 24th last year in scoring, was just not the defense we came to know. And they have so many guys up front with Daniil Hunter, with Dalvin Tomlinson, DJ Wanham. They've got Patrick Jones up there as well. Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks at linebacker. A bunch of good defensive backs as well. So I think this team's going to be on the rise. A a better Vikings team than they were a year ago. And then on offense, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. I have to imagine this kind of Sean McVay level offense with Kirk Cousins on the boot. Some naked action, finding those guys and playing off the running game. Going to be a tough, tough offense to stop similar system in terms of horizontal movement to play action boots could Miami possibly see what's coming having a, a better feel for that system but also works both ways interesting matchup there for that reason and then uh, just how quickly does you know GM Quesi Adolfo Mensah's roster come together it's always curious to see about how new coach new GMs kind of put their roster together and how quickly it acclimates always the case here with a new coach and a new GM Week 17, primetime football against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home here at Hard Rock Stadium. They were 9-7-1 a year ago and lost in the AFC wildcard round, had the 21st-ranked scoring offense, 20th-ranked scoring defense, and Minka Fitzpatrick's first game against the Miami Dolphins. That's that's one of the, obviously, headlines there. Uh, Who's the quarterback going to be? Will Kenny Pickett have taken the job by then? Will he start opening day? Will it be Mitch Trubisky who gets his starting job or starting status back in the NFL back on track? And then... You know, they have so many weapons on the outside. I'm curious about George Pickens because this Steelers team has drafted receiver after receiver after receiver that has hit big time. Can they make him the next one to go along with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? Really explosive weapons there. Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. Good looking offense. Offensive line, we'll see how far it comes. That was an area they tried to address last couple of years. They went after Mason Cole this offseason. Can those guys get up and going? And then Miles Jack and Carl Joseph and Levi Wallace on defense are some nice additions there as well. So this matchup, I'm looking at how the Dolphins can get get that front seven blocked because we know what those guys can do in the rush game, finding multiple bodies on TJ Watt. He is an absolute monster. Week number eight. We'll take our break after this one. The Detroit Lions, three and 13 and one a year ago, 25th ranked offense, 21st ranked defense. They've been patient at the quarterback position. Didn't draft one the last couple of years. Going full steam ahead with Jared Goff into the 2023 season. And uh, will they do what they did a year ago so many times where they just took the air out of the ball and ran the football relentlessly and kind of helped develop Dan Campbell's culture there in Detroit as a team that's tough and wants to get after you and bite your kneecaps off. And man, they played hard for him. So you know they're going to play hard against this Dolphins team as well. But I think Miami matches up well with their new strengths because they went out and got DJ Chark they went out and drafted Jamison Williams Miami obviously has the horses on the defensive backfield to help keep up there as well they got Mike Hughes and Deshaun Elliott in the defensive backfield and Josh Pascal on the front uh, in the draft as well that team Interesting game. They're on the road in Detroit. Get a play indoors, obviously. But we'll see if, if it's a run-heavy team, a pass-heavy team. not really sure what that Lions offense will look like this year. Uh, Jared Goff's production this year, if, if he can kind of take that next step and really take hold of that Lions job, be curious to see how that goes. But they established the culture a year ago. Will the wins follow this year? Hopefully not against our Miami Dolphins. We'll find out week number eight. All right, let's go ahead and take our break right here and come back and get to the rest of the schedule here on the schedule release edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Let's keep on rolling here on the 2022 schedule release edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We pick it back up in week number nine, Chicago Bears, who were 6-11 and 11 a year ago, 27th-ranked offense, 22nd-ranked scoring defense. New head coach, Matt Eberflus, new GM, Ryan Poles. That means a new-looking team there. And what can they do to build around Justin Fields in year number two? They really went defense in the draft and in free agency, and you know I thought what Fields does best is extend and make plays, and has a chance to be a really good quarterback with that. But also his on structure stuff is the Dolphins. We talked for a long time about the struggles against running quarterbacks. Thought last year was really kind of a, a turning point for them in terms of how they defended those quarterbacks like the Lamar Jackson. So can they do it again against a guy like Justin, like a Justin, like Justin Fields? I should say almost got that uh, backwards there. But um, that's that's the big thing there. And also, how do they protect Justin Fields? Because he took a lot of hits last year behind that offensive line. They threw the ball a lot, or I should say ran the ball a lot in early downs and put that offense in the third and long situation. So a new offensive staff there, a new really roster and team and just a new vision. Curious to see how that all comes together for the Miami Dolphins on the road in Chicago in week number nine. But taking a look at Justin Fields against this defense, it's kind of what I'm most curious about in that particular matchup. Week number 10 against the Cleveland Browns, 8-9 last year, 20th on offense, 13th on defense. We know about Deshaun Watts and the big acquisition they made there. Also brought in Jacoby Brissett to see uh, which one of those guys plays quarterback in this game, but a very talented team in a tough division, a tough conference who kind of pushed their chips in. And can they get back to that 2020 team that was so effective and won, one big games and found a way to get into the playoffs and win that first playoff game in a long time. And then 2021, a bit of a step back, but Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski is going to have those guys playing hard, kind of playing right. He's going to have a good game plan for you. So you have to prepare for that, that running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson. They have a pretty much brand new receiving core, when they brought in Amari Cooper for that trade from the Cowboys, bringing in Jakeem Grant as well, and also Donovan Peoples-Jones in that receiving core. So they have kind of changed that group. The offensive line remains really, really good. That's a a good-on-good matchup there in this game. Brown's offensive line, Dolphins' defensive line. We'll be, I'll be curious to see how this team comes together. You know, kind of a new piece, new quarterback there. Will he be able to come in right away and make an impact? And uh, will they go more towards play uh, a passing team than they were the running team in the last couple of years? Or does it all kind of play off each other? I'm sure it does. But this is an interesting matchup here for both these teams. Week 11 by week. Week number 12. Houston Texans, 1 o'clock kickoff, 4-13 and 13 last year, 30th ranked offense, 27th ranked defense. Sneaky good rivalry here, right? I mean, the Dolphins had issues with Houston up until about 2015, but have beaten them twice since then. And, you know, the Laramie Tunsil trade was really, that's that's going to tie these teams together for a long time because a significant portion of Miami's roster, in the, the top part of the roster, Waddle, Hill, Holland, Came from the Houston Texans trade, so that's interesting that it, it's worked out that way. Now we get a chance to see Tunzel back here in Miami against the Dolphins for the first time since that trade, and they made a bunch of great draft picks. I oh, it was one of the best drafts this entire year with Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green, Jalen Petre and John Mechie. I think all four of those guys play significant snaps and play well in their rookie season. They got an interesting receiving core there with uh, Brandon Cooks, who's one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. And then I'm, I'm also curious about Davis Mills, will he take hold of this job because the depth in that quarterback room is it's Kyle Allen and Jeff Driscoll, so they really kind of believe in Davis Mills there. How can he work for Lovey Smith, who's back in the head coaching chair? Will he go back to more of his Tampa 2 looks? Will he change it up? Interesting to see how the Houston Texans shake out this year. Week 13 at the San Francisco 49ers against Kyle Shanahan and that team. They were 10-7 and seven last year, lost in the NFC Championship game, 13th-ranked scoring offense, 12th-ranked scoring defense, and... We know about the matchup there with with McDaniel going back to his old stomping grounds, John Embry, Wes Welker, Raheem Mostert, all those guys uh, going back to their former team. But I'm more interested here in just the matchup and also talking about the Houston Texans trade. The Trey Lance trade kind of came about for the Miami Dolphins. And again, that's how the Dolphins were able to get Waddle and Hill there. So more symmetry with regards to how both these teams were built. But Trey Lance, is he going to be the guy? Are they going to go to him? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo opening? Well, this is week 13, but... I would have to imagine by this time it's, it's Trey Lance, but you never know. The Niners have had success with Jimmy Garoppolo. They know how to coach that team. They know how to play hard. They win a lot of football games. One of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, is it going to be Lance's offense? Is it going to be Garoppolo's is one question. And then also, what does Debo Samuel look like in that encore to that fantastic year he had a season ago? I'm sure he's a guy you have to game plan for, and I'm excited to see how the Dolphins defend a guy like Debo Samuel, but also George Kittle and that strong running game. Defense will have their work cut out in that football game. Week 14, Los Angeles Chargers. Another one of these 2020 draft class uh, matchups again, like week number four against Joe with Joe Burrow and now Justin Herbert. They were 9-8 and eight a year ago. Fifth-ranked offense, 29th-ranked defense. Two, uh, got the, the Dolphins won that first matchup against the Chargers back in 2020, so this is the uh, second matchup against those two. And then I'm, I'm curious to see how this game plays out from a – Management standpoint because we know Brandon Staley and that Chargers offense they're going to go for it on fourth down as much as they possibly can. Went way more than anybody else last year, had a bunch of success going for it on fourth down. And just looking at the Chargers roster, like can they stay healthy? Because I mean, they went out and added JC Jackson and and Khalil Mack. What a great duo that was to add! Also got Sebastian Joseph Day and Sion Johnson in the draft class, and Kyle Van Noy and Troy Reader and Gerald Everett. They are just loaded. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly. I mean. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer—they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Can the offensive line kind of get get up to the the? level of the rest of the roster there in terms of the skill players and the quarterback and the running back position and make that offense hum like a top unit they were fifth in the NFL last year they could get even better with better protection we saw what Frank Smith was able to do for that offense in terms of their O-line production from last year compared to 2020 hopefully has the same impact here but I'm curious to see how the Dolphins defend Justin Herbert they did a great job on him in this rookie season you're number three different story there we'll see how they can defend him with mixing their coverages getting some different uh hopefully some some mistakes made by by the quarterback and get some takeaways as a result. I'm also really curious to see what the Chargers you know surrounding games are in this one because you know they have such a tough schedule <clears throat> excuse me against the AFC West is it sandwiched by the Broncos or by the Broncos and Chiefs? If that's the case, maybe that's a game in between there that you catch them on a good time. So that's always how it goes in the schedule. It's not about who you play, it's when you play them right Well these these teams will look drastically different in week number 15 than they do in week number one that's for sure. Week 15 Buffalo Bills we already broke them down Week 16 Green Bay Packers. Christmas Day, 13-4 and four a year ago, lost in the divisional round, 10th-ranked offense, 14th-ranked defense, and Devontae Adams, what does life look like without Devontae Adams? Who steps up in his absence? Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, we know Randall Cobb is still there, a bunch of young guys in that receiving core, and Aaron Rodgers has a way of moving that offense regardless of who's on that offense, but you also have to keep an eye out for that one-two punch in the running game with with A.J. Dillon and with Aaron Jones, two of the really good running backs in this NFL. And how do you play Rodgers? Do you blitz him? Do you play coverage? Interesting matchup there. Could be a fun game of cat and mouse on Christmas Day as the Packers look to finish off another strong regular season here, and the Dolphins hope to as well. Week 17, Patriots broke them down. Week 18, New York Jets already broke them down as well. So that's your schedule. Check out MiamiDolphins.com. I believe we have a five things piece about the schedule up there as well, so don't miss that. We're going to have the UDFA podcast for you guys with Emory Hunt coming out on Monday, taking a look at all the rookies that are here this weekend for Rookie Minicamp. We'll have coverage of that on Twitter as well, so follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. We love to hear from you guys. Check out the Fish tank podcast with my guys seth and oj and don't miss our weekly twitter spaces show on twitter spaces that's eight o'clock every single wednesday you guys can find us on the twitter spaces eight o'clock on wednesday check out the youtube channel for all the media availabilities as well as dolphins today and last but not least let's go ahead and cue up the music here miamidolphins.com until next time fins up caroline daddy's coming home